doesn't matter he's not a narcissist. What do I mean? Check it out right now in episode 116 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast, starting right now. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoie. Welcome, welcome to episode 116 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. I am, yes, Jason Lavoie, your host, aka the Divorce Resource Guy. So today we're talking about labels. Everybody loves to throw around the word narcissist, right? I do it, you do it, everybody does it, but it really doesn't matter. And we're going to talk about why that is with my guest, Victoria McCooey, who is a narcissist divorce coach, a motivational speaker, and creator of the Reclaim Your Power system. She works with those trapped in a toxic, controlling, or otherwise abusive marriage and helps them stand up to their abuser and regain control of their lives. Having been in an abusive marriage to a narcissistic spouse herself, Victoria is passionate about helping others make the same remarkable transformation that she did. Her articles have been featured in notable publications and websites. She's appeared on numerous shows and podcasts, including this one now, and through her writing, speaking, private, and group coaching programs, social media following, and her YouTube channel, Victoria has helped thousands acquire the skills, mindset shifts, and courage necessary to stand up to an abusive partner and create a joyful new life for themselves and their children. You can learn more about Victoria and her programs at her website, victoriamacui.com, and all that information will be in the show notes. So check out the notes on my website, jasonlavoy.com, so you can check her out. Right now, let's get started, and let me introduce to you Victoria McCooey. Victoria, I'm excited to have you on today to talk about narcissists. How are you? I'm well, Jason. Thanks for having me. It's my Excellent. favorite topic. <laughs> I know. I either... I don't know what that says about you, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, it it's definitely an important topic to talk about. Um, it's my favorite because um, I've become very well versed in it, so I have a lot to say that I think opens people's minds to how to handle them. Yes, and um, I know the term narcissist, you know, can tend to be thrown around loosely these days, um, but and so I always say. It's not so much what we call them. It's just the behavior that we're addressing. Exactly um, right. Um, a lot of people come to me uh, asking, well, I'm not sure if my husband, but you know, a lot of my clients are women. I'm not sure if my husband's a narcissist, so I don't know if I can divorce him. Like, they don't have to be a narcissist. Um, so the story is we're all on the spectrum, right? We all have a little healthy dose of narcissism. We have to have a good self-confidence, ego, self-worth, you know, so we have some, but it's uh, those people who are very far on the other end of the spectrum. And even psychiatrists have a hard time actually diagnosing a narcissist. So it doesn't so much matter if they can be diagnosed is more, the question really is how toxic is the behavior to me? Right. My threshold for this behavior. Exactly. So before we get into the, uh, the weeds on this a little bit. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself and the path that you took to get where you are today. 
Yeah, I don't think anyone just uh, wakes up and goes, I want to be a narcissist divorce coach. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, but you're right. Yeah, well, you know, it took, um, it took a long journey to figure out uh, how I landed here. But um, clearly, I had my own marriage to a very toxic spouse, uh, whether they were a narcissist or not, who knows? It doesn't matter. Their Their behaviors were toxic to me and unhealthy and abusive um, to the point where Back then, it was a while ago. I'm old. It was. Oh, stop. Um, I'm uh, not going to ask you how old, but. Stop. I'm really old. And the, my divorce uh, started in the year 2000. So that, even back then, okay, it's, it's so 23 years ago, even that relatively short of a time ago, I didn't know what the word narcissist meant. I mean, it was some, you know, uh, myth, mythological creature, right? It was just a, a story. And. Right. Nobody threw that word around. Nobody really knew um, how how to use it or what it really meant. So my and there was no social media, right? <laughs> there was no YouTube. You couldn't Google it. You couldn't. It was say, a different world. It was a very different world. So we we were very ashamed, or I was very ashamed of the treatment I was getting from my husband. So I I didn't talk about it. My closest friends and family didn't know what I was going through because. It was shameful to me. I didn't think anyone else had ever experienced anything like this. So now it's a very different landscape. People talk about it openly. We all know that it's a thing. The first time I realized what it was, um, as people now would go on social media or on YouTube trying to Google or Google something about this, like to try to find out what it is, I went to the library and went into the the like psychiatry section and started just going through the textbooks. And when I found it, it was like this light bulb moment, right? right. It was like they were in my home explaining what happens, right? And it was like, oh, this isn't just me. This is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, wow. Somebody actually wrote about this and it applies almost directly to me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, so how I got there. So um, over the years of divorcing, and it took six years for my divorce to be final. That's long. It's long. And then uh, we were still litigating because like I'm going to talk about to your listeners today, divorce from a narcissist is very different from a regular divorce. It. We were back in court over the next nine or 10 years after that. Um, so it was a long process. I had gotten so much support from um, an agency where I live called, and you live nearby, um, the Coalition Against Domestic Violence. They had really supported me and helped me find my way through the system. Um, I wanted to give back. So I, I asked to be a volunteer for them. And the first thing they wanted to do was put me on a stage in front of groups like PTAs or nurses or uh, teachers, you know, to say, hey, this can be anyone. Anyone can have uh, domestic violence. Like, doesn't right. have to be, you know, who, who the typical usual suspects are. Here's somebody you wouldn't think, and it, she was. So I was telling my story a lot, and that was great, but I really wanted to be in the trenches. I wanted to help real victims. So I begged and begged and begged, and they finally gave in to let me be in this training program. You're supposed to have a social worker background to be in it, but and I didn't, but I finally wore them down long enough or I went through this year long training to learn how to be the person who goes to the hospital when a domestic violence 
victim presents at a hospital. So I went and learned how to coach these victims. Mm. And that's where I got this initial training in doing that. And I became addicted to this work. It was so fulfilling. I felt like I was really making a difference in people's lives. And I was really using my experience to help others. So I did that for years and years and years until finally I said, okay, you know what? I need to quit my job <laughs> and figure out how to do this full time because it was taking up so much of my time and I'd rather be doing that. So right. that's how I created this business and that's what I do now regularly for my clients. Well, that's awesome. And for your personal divorce, did that include a component of domestic violence? It did. It didn't for a long time until it did. And that's what I they say, oh, you know, mine's not uh, physical abuse. It's like, well, mine wasn't either until it was. So it escalates. And in my case, and in lots of the cases I've seen since, when you start getting strong enough through the coaching or therapy or whichever route you take to be able to stand up to the abuser, the more the abuse has to escalate because they're not getting the result, the result they want from what used to work. So exactly. and, and just for everybody listening out there too, um, it sounds like maybe yours was physical, but domestic violence isn't just physical abuse. It's also, it could be verbal, emotional abuse. Um, so right. I just want people to be aware of that there are a lot of different forms of what is considered domestic violence legally. Um, so if you're not sure, it's pretty easy to find out by doing some Google research for where you live. Um, but yeah, most states have pretty strong domestic violence laws. I know New Jersey does, New York. Um, so yeah, just make sure it, it doesn't have to be only physical abuse. That is correct. So see, mine was in that all the other abuses were, were going on. Um, financial abuse was a big component of mine, but verbal, emotional, um, and certainly uh, psychological. And then when I, it was ultimately about money, uh, control of my, the money I earned and I, and financial decisions and things that I was trying to get control of my part of the situation that wasn't um, on the agenda <laughs> for the <laughs> narcissistic person. So that was when I drew that line in the sand and I wasn't giving in anymore. And all the other abuses, the name calling and the hiding things and taking the kids for days at a time, things weren't making me back down that usually would have. That's when it turned physical one time and I called the police, you know, he choked me and I called the police. And um, actually I was still so scared of him as victims are. And it's crazy to me now to think that that person could have made me so scared because what I teach my clients now is that just like an ant, they're much more afraid of you, right? It's, it's like this, this power struggle thing. They know that you have the power, but they have to convince you that you don't. Right. So that's where all this crazy control comes in. So it's comical to me now to think back on where I was and where I see people all the time when they're still in that place where they're scared of the bully. And right. they don't need to be, but of course we are. Um, so even when the police came, you know, I called the police, police came, I couldn't I didn't think I could press charges because I was so afraid of the repercussions of that 
And happily, there are laws in place where it didn't matter because the police had to press the charges on my behalf. Because right. They had evidence, you know, they could see. Right. Any physical signs around of my violence, right. they have to act. Right. Now, let's. So last question about you personally, it's just because you said it was so protracted and it la it continued on after the divorce was final, right? Did it finally end? When did it end? It only ended because each one of our children in their own time, we have three, decided not to have a relationship with their father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so and which that's is how it ultimately ended for me because as long as we had shared children, there was going to be contention between us. Right, and when especially when they're minor children, um, wow, that's. But that's they were um, the last one was an, an adult by the time that happened. But you know, it, it went on and on up through college. You know, paying for college tuition. You know, it was just it was never ending. Right. No, I know it's like a, a nightmare you can't wake up from, um, which is why I always tell people, you know, if I speak to them before they get married, <laughs> you know, choose wisely. You know, some some, but sometimes you don't know. You know, and people change, and yeah, it's just it it's hard. It is hard, uh, but. That's where I try to help my clients who are in the divorce. It's so important with a personality like this that you cover every base. Like there can be no gray area in your agreement. Everything has to be considered. Things so let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's, let, let's talk about divorcing a narcissistic type person, right? You're dealing with behavior that is you know, we'll, we'll use the term narcissist for today. Um, but it's the behavior, right? Um, so what are some of the, some of the common types of narcissistic behavior, controlling, well, controlling, they, um, they have no empathy, which is the root of all of this, because yeah. they can't sympathize with how you're feeling. They can't put themselves in someone else's shoes. Everyone on the planet is there for their use, right? To, to do what's best for them. Um, no one else has, they don't see anyone else's agenda or goals or desires. They're unimportant or not even unimportant, non-existent. Right. The narcissist is concerned. Um, so that kind of informs all of their behaviors. You know, it's, I, I saw something recently, it says, um, narcissists use people the way addicts use drugs, you know? Hmm. Yeah. They're, it's, that's all they are to them. They're the fuel. I always say that the the person who's being abused is the fuel for the narcissist fire. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, and as much as they hurt you, it, that makes them happier. They, you know, so it's sort of like the bizarro world. Like, it, well, it is for normal people yeah. it, 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 because they feed off that, right? It's all about them getting the satisfaction and that reaction out of you Um playing the not playing being the victim um and and uh what's the word i'm looking for here um giving in to them right um right. And, and um that's not the word i wanted to use but it's late in the day and i'm on the downhill decline <laughs> <laughs> but but you know the giving in to their you know demands in a way right. um and and whatever they want and you know another common theme tell me if you agree with this victoria is that 
you know, narcissists like to make you feel like it's your fault, right? Everything is your oh fault. Right? Well, they honestly believe that they cannot take responsibility. No right? accountability. No accountability. Nothing's your fault. Everything stems from something you did. I have so many stories <laughs> around that. But um, the reason it's so different and harder to divorce a narcissistic type person is because they have no moral compass. Mm. don't have that sense of fairness and when you're doing any kind of legal deal uh whatever whether it's a divorce a business deal when you're entering into or breaking a contract you have to have some sort of collaboration or sense of fairness or a way to um compromise right you can't right. most people realize it can't all be my way i have to give something in order to get what i right they don't have that gene. Right? It's called negotiation in, in yes. normal people language. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Sorry. Yes. Negotiation. They can't negotiate because it's like all for me. All for me. You deserve nothing. I deserve everything. Right. 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 And, and there's no there's no sense of why it should be that way. Uh, like to them, they're losing. And, you know, narcissists, they can't lose. They have to win. Right. Um, and, and so it, it's hard. So. It's established dealing with this type of a person is hard. Um, in a, so in a divorce, let's circle back to that. How do you coach your clients to effectively deal with this type of a person in a divorce context where, you know, you are constantly trying to come to some sort of agreement, um, whether it's custody, parenting time, or division of the assets, um, and at every step of the way, you feel like you're just being, you know, stomped down um, and treated similar to how you were yes. in the marriage. And, right? and you have PTSD already from the abuse. Right. right? So things that don't look triggering to other people are triggering to you. So there's no one answer to that question, though, because what I've this discovered, I guess, uncovered in this journey is that there are distinct stages of this process and you have, you should treat each stage differently. Like your interaction with the narcissist at these different stages needs to be different to be in your best interest. So can we have, we have, we have about 10 minutes to go. Can we yeah. talk about the stages a little bit and at least brief overview? Yeah. The first stage um, that I've identified is when you know that you can't stay in this situation, right? You don't know how you're going to get out. You don't know when you're going to get out. You, you haven't made any motions. You haven't even hired an attorney maybe, but that's your beginning stages Yes. where you're trying to get your ducks in a row. You're trying to figure out how to do this or it, how, at that point, you don't even know if you can do it, right? You're just discovering uh, or investigating how you're how you can do this. Um, that is a really precarious place because you're vulnerable, you're easily sabotaged in your efforts. you know that's one distinct stage. The second stage is when you actually are pulling the trigger and you're like, okay, this is happening. I'm gonna do I can do this. I'm strong and you get strong enough to actually do it. Maybe you hire an attorney, maybe you, uh, tell the narcissist you're leaving, maybe you physically leave, like whatever that looks like. And now a court is involved, right? So you're on a docket, you're, whether you mediate or not, you're, you know, you're in a process and there are eyes on you that don't understand 
Right. It's dynamic. That's why I always say, yeah, not to interrupt you. Yeah. um, But I I tell people, right, once you, once uh, something is filed with the court, a complaint or you're on a docket, um, now you're on their schedule um, and they're going to push you through it whether you're ready or not. Um, Mm -hmm. So I tell people and I really stress, you know, you should stay out of the court system for as long as possible. Um, but you can still do things behind the scenes, so right. to speak, you know, preparing for a divorce, that stage one, that that's what I call preparation phase. Like for me as a, a divorce coach, that's where I would work with somebody before they hire an attorney. I help them choose the right attorney for the situation, right? Um, right? Because your choice of attorney is critical. Um, it's, it's not hard to go out and find a divorce attorney, but to find the right one for you, that's a little bit, takes a little bit more time and effort. Uh, and so if you have the time to prepare properly, um, then that will set you up for everything else that follows. So stage two and, and, and so on. So. Well, I think the biggest um, definitive part of stage two is that you're being watched. You're being judged. There may be a custody battle. Uh, Certainly spousal or child support negotiations, like all these things, you're being judged and watched and you're under a microscope. And not everyone in the system understands the this abusive dynamic because, you know, narcissists are very charming and very convincing and very yeah. manipulative. And they believe and sometimes for a long time do manipulate a court, uh, manipulate judges, lawyers, law guardians, forensic psychologists, you know, <laughs> they're good at what they do. So that is a very specific stage. And then the final stage is when the divorce is final and now you're having to co-parent or, you know, nobody's watching you now, but you're still having to deal with this personality. Yeah. So the three, three main stages there. Yeah. So and that's great. That's a great way to kind of frame it for people to, to help them understand. Now, how do you coach your clients? Like, what are some of the biggest issues that you deal with with them? Like, give me like the top two or three. Okay. So because my clients have been in an abusive marriage, they are compromised, right? All right. There's a lot of extra work for them to do than a typical person going through a divorce. They are more subject to failure because they're so in such a weakened state. Fragile. And they're so, so vulnerable to this person. They're so triggered by this person, right? They don't show up as their best selves because um, they're damaged by this event of years of abuse. So I talk about how my coaching is in two different silos and they have to be done simultaneously. You can't wait to finish the work in one silo before starting the other because they they work in tandem. So one is the actual business of getting the divorce done. And the other silo is working on themselves and healing from the abuse so that they can actually go the distance. So you can't finish working on the abuse uh, while you're still married, right? I mean, you can start, but you're right. finish. And it's a lifelong journey. <laughs> so you can't wait and you can't really uh, wait till the divorce is finalized to start healing because you won't make it. Exactly. So, and the personal 
healing and the personal work um, also helps you for after the divorce, if and ever you get into another relationship, right? You don't want to meet another narcissist. You don't want to do that over again. Um, so you have to kind of, you know, put in some work on yourself to. Right. So that's one of my messages too, is that once you've done this work and you learn more about you and, and recover, my program's called reclaim your power, you know, so we're taking back the power that we gave away during the abusive situation and uh, you're reestablishing your self-worth, your self-esteem, your confidence and all these things you're not gonna have to worry about falling into another relationship with a narcissist because um, after doing all this work, you're going to repel narcissists. Narcissists aren't gonna to wanna to have anything to do with you because you're not easy to manipulate any longer. Right, and they're not interested in people like that. They want the easy targets. Um, so let's talk about, we have a couple minutes left. I want you to talk about, uh, you just mentioned your, your program, Reclaim Your Power. How do people, What's the best time for people to start a program like that, you know, in the process? So I, I have one-on-one -on -one coaching and I can coach people at every stage of this journey. Um, I even have couples who come to me who are remarried and one of the exes <laughs> is the issue. Uh, so I help them with that, that co-parenting situation. But so anybody can get one-on-one -on -one coaching, but my program, I have a group program that is specifically for people in the very beginning stages where they're, they want to leave, but they don't know if they can, they don't see a way to be able to they they feel too weak or threatened or vulnerable or scared or, you know, all the doubts. Um, so that program is specifically designed for those people. And it's a group program because there's so much benefit in having the camaraderie of other, in, in this case, it's all women going through, this journey together. Absolutely. Hard to do it alone. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent of community and support. And, and I also have a group program who same, same setup um, that, that's built around small groups with, so you can support each other. And it's, even though we all know, or knew, you know, we all know, or have friends and family or coworkers who have gone through divorce, it's not that hard to find people. Right. But when you're going through the process, you still feel alone. Um, so going through it with other people who are going through it with you, right. um, even albeit different situation, it's still. It, and mine it's, are not just going through divorce. Mine are going through divorce with a very specific type personality. Right. Right. A, a narcissistic type personality, which so they can all, uh, you know, glean information, and share stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, it almost like we not funny haha but it's funny that it's they're all alike and there is some um, i don't know some some relief in knowing that there you're not the only one who's on the receiving end of this stuff and we can kind of find the humor in the ridiculousness of what they do you know right that's part of the healing i think right yeah. at the end of the day if we can't laugh about it and don't get me wrong, right? We're not saying abuse is funny in any way, but if you're, if you're, you know, physical abuse aside, um, and you're dealing with the everything else, and you're making progress, and right, laughter can be healing. Right. Um, and, and then you realize how ridiculous this person was, 
and and how long you put up with it right when when you didn't have to but um i totally get it and i agree so that it's a great way of getting out of that victim mentality yes all right and knowing you're not alone absolutely well victoria this was great um i'm so glad i had you on to kind of talk about how you help people get through and deal with divorce uh with a narcissistic type of person how can people learn more about you and what you offer well, my website is uh, my name, just my name, victoriamacui.com. Uh, and that is the best way to get resources. Uh, there's a free gift there for you to download. Um, there's also links to book um, a strategy session with me, which is the first step in working with me. So the strategy session is a working call, but it's the way for us to find out if we're a good match as well. Absolutely. Um, so definitely reach out. If you are dealing with a narcissist and looking for some help and a, another person to join your, I call it your divorce team. Um, Victoria, it was so great to talk with you. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Jason. All right. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Victoria. I thought it was awesome. She dropped a lot of good nuggets of gold for you to consider when you're trying to figure out how you're dealing with your partner whether they are a classic narcissist or not. Remember, conduct, not labels. So if you're looking for help with your divorce and you'd like a divorce coach like myself to give you some clarity, focus, and organization, and strategy, of course, contact me, Jason at JasonLavoy.com. I'll respond to your email personally, my website, JasonLavoy.com, which um, you can learn more about my different coaching programs. And if you like this podcast and if you listen to others and enjoy it, Please subscribe, number one, so you get all free episodes when they come out uh, and notice of them. And also, if you can, leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps, and I would greatly appreciate it. In the meantime, all I'm going to ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'm Jason Lavoy, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you next time.